Living Dead in Austin is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. The sun's going down in midnight Texas and things are about to get weird. Hello there, you're listening to Living Dead in Austin. We're reading Charlene Harris's Midnight Texas series. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're reading the prologue through Chapter 6 of Day Shift, the second book in the Midnight Texas series. Previously, we had our first adventure in Midnight Texas, a small town with big secrets. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Manfred Bernardo moved to Midnight to get away from it all, but somehow he seems to have moved himself right into the middle of it. Midnight Texas really does have it all. Vampires, were-creatures, witches, talking cats, murder mysteries, Nazi treasure. I mean, the list really just goes on. So, <laughs> shortly after Bernardo arrives, the town declares war on the local Nazi gang and goes on the hunt for the killer of a local woman that nobody really liked that much. Uh, both of those things are more or less resolved anticlimactically, though. Fiji the witch froze the gang leader in bad weather, giving him a cold, and <laughs> they figure out that Aubrey, the, the lady, was murdered by a local kid, who then they murder right back. The end. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start this book the best way there is to start a book, by judging its cover. Uh-huh. I feel like they really captured the just overall shittiness and desolation of small town Texas very well. I was thinking the same thing. I was like looking at this, I was like, I feel like I've driven through this exact intersection probably like a dozen times in my life, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. at 25 miles an hour because they're all speed traps. Right, right. And never, ever stopping. Like, <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't want to stop in this, this, this place. Yeah. That's how you get murdered. Mm-hmm. But uh, we see the Midnight Hotel. Yeah, you know, without the context of the, the first few chapters, I was like, there's a hotel here? Like, why, why would a town like Midnight need a hotel? And then I looked closely, I was like, oh, this place is super abandoned and probably super haunted. Yeah, totally haunted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and out front, of course, is the uh, unmarked panel van, which is not suspicious at all. No, no, it's definitely not a panel I, van. They even mentioned that in the narrative, the uh, unmarked van hanging out there parked uh, half on, half off the road. Yeah, yeah. But I assume that's just because nobody in the narrative so far has thought it notable enough to mention. That, it's just, right? it's just there. Yeah, that's the van. Yeah, it's it's always there. And what's inside? We don't talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no secrets in there. That's for sure. It might be. That's where the bodies get hidden. You know, but that could be the usual spot. That's the usual spot, just inside the abandoned panel van in front of Midnight Hotel. Mm-hmm. What if what if the usual spot is Midnight Hotel? Oh, shit. That's, that's, that would be uh, embarrassing. Yeah, that was my thought. Yeah, oops. Uh, huh. Well, I guess they're turning it into an old folks' home so they can, you know, get rid of the bodies the way those places do. It's <laughs> true. They'll, have, they'll probably have a system for it, right? <laughs> Just a body incinerator in the basement. Well, let's go ahead and jump from the front cover to the map. There's I a map. Jeff, you love a good map. Hell yeah, I love maps. This was, is a charming map. I was so excited about this, honestly. Yeah. This, I think this is the first map we've seen from Charlene Harris, right? You know, I yeah. was impressed because this looks, with the exception of the hotel, which I never noticed before, or in, they, I don't think it's mentioned before or whatever, this map looks exactly like I pictured this town. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a credit to Charlene Harris's descriptions. Yeah, yeah. I remember at the very beginning of the first book, she does almost like a kind of like flying above the town, going in and out, checking everything out. Yeah, it's very well done, I thought. Um, lots of abandoned houses. I was surprised that the Reverend's house is so far away from the wedding chapel, but other than that, like it all all yeah. makes sense to me. In my mind, he actually lived in the wedding chapel or in the Yeah, I thought that too. Yeah. But nope, he's next to home cooking. 
I like I like the detail. There's a lot of boarded up buildings. I, I wonder why it wasn't included in the first book because it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice map. Yeah. Maybe and she wasn't planning on writing sequels. I, if, if it were me, I would not want one of the houses near that pet cemetery. Uh-huh. Just, there's something wrong with that place. Well, they're yeah. all abandoned, right? Yeah. Oh, except for Fiji's. Oh, that explains why Fiji's always hanging out there, because she sees the reverend going in and out of the chapel. Mm-hmm. And the cemetery. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I really like this map. And and as you mentioned, like there's a lot of detail. Like Each of the individual houses are, are drawn uh, individually. You know, there, There's no... There's no replication. They're not yeah, just icons, you know. It's actually a nice perspective map. Like it's got a, kind of like a CAD drawing, like a rendered, a rendered uh, on a on a tilted offset plane. It's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Mister Snuggly's uh, in the corner. I assume that he's in the process of burrowing through from another dimension, <laughs> uh, in by licking his paw. Yeah. That must be it. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, let's dive on in the prologue. Some construction vehicles pull up to the abandoned Midnight Hotel, and all of the residents of the town come out to just watch. <laughs> right? Yeah. It was very, like, if you were, like, a stranger, like, just some construction dude showing up, mm-hmm. like, it felt very horror movie to me. Yeah, there's, there's, like, there's, like, ten people just watching us. Yeah. Yeah, everyone in the town is just staring at them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense, right? In a small town, everyone knows everyone, so this is, like... The big, the big news. Except, I guess it's not the big news for a town where they just had a murder. So, no. I don't know. Yeah. It's the big news for the day. Right. And Joe's strong, because he's really strong, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, goes to talk to the woman who appears to be in charge. Yeah. Yes. You know, they're, uh, they're trying to suss out, like, can Midnight support a second eating establishment? Okay, so is Midnight an incorporated town? Is there a mayor? I, I was no? as far as I know, no. Right? Like, who would be the mayor? Well, because did they need a permit me, for this? Right? Like, is this a county permit? I, yeah, there are there are so many questions. Right? Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Probably not. Probably nobody is asking questions because this is midnight where nobody asks <laughs> right, questions. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you have a permit for that? We don't ask questions like that here in midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the Midnighters kind of discuss what they know about the hotel. Lemuel took Bobo in there once, and that was when I was like, is this where the bodies are? Like, mm-hmm. are we going to find the bodies here? And also, Bobo, come on. Like, you're going to crawl late at night into an abandoned, creepy old abandoned hotel with a vampire. I, and he says the hotel is the creepy part? i, I, I got to be honest. Bobo. Like, that's how you die, right? Like, we, Yeah. Like, a vampire invites you to go check out an abandoned building with them. You say... I'm sorry, I've got to wash my hair, right? Yeah. <laughs> Bobo doesn't have the the kind of self-preservation you might look for. Luckily, he's he's a real snack. <laughs> that, is true. that is true. Everyone around him wants to wants to help Bobo out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Delish. Lemuel was like deciding whether he was going to kill him or not. He's like, no, he's just he's so handsome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I just every time you walk away and I see that that donk in the in the back, it's just like. Yeah, right. <laughs> So they wonder why anyone would have put a hotel would put a hotel here at all, and especially going through the trouble of renovating the old one. And they're a little worried that the hotel, if the hotel has a restaurant, that it could put the reeds out of business. And everyone subsequently asks, "How does that place stay in business?" No, Manfred asks, "How does that place still stay in business?" and is ignored. And that is not the first or second time he has asked that question. Yeah, we we don't ask those kind of questions. Well, yeah, no come answer. on, Manfred. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, perhaps it's related to the usual place. <laughs> Possible. Somehow their 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 food costs are very very low. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 
that whatever that teenager he disappeared and then there was meatloaf on the menu for <laughs> <weeks>. feel yeah. <laughs> but joe comes back and says they need to have a town meeting yeah to get the hot hotel goss yes the agent is a woman named eva colhane and it's not clear who the owner is Something mysterious. Yes. Probably like a megacorp or something, I guess, right? Yeah. But they're renovating the hotel to have extended stay suites for people like those who work at Magic Portal, the gaming company. Yeah. What? 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 Do you remember Magic Portal from no, the no. first book? That's why remember? they have really good internet. I, I do remember them saying that, yes, there is a game internet gaming company uh-huh. nearby Midnight, Texas. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow doing business out in the middle of nowhere. We just saw the map, right? You could see all the way to the horizon. Yeah. Well, I, I think it isn't it in the next town over. Yeah, Davey has a Kroger. <laughs> oh, oh, Kroger, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I just don't buy that there's a game company here in, in these, this tiny little town. You don't think a bunch of 22-year-olds who just graduated with their degrees are going right. to want to move to Texas? Yeah, they're, they're going to move Texas? from UT Computer Science and they're going to go <laughs> to, to, what is the place even called? Magic Portal? No, no, the, the, the town. The, Davey, Davey. Right? Davey, As yeah. in Davey Crockett. Yeah. Right, yeah. I, I, I just don't buy it. And the... And so they need a place. There's so many of them that they need a place to stay. That they, and they don't have a place to stay in Davy. Yeah, Davy gets full up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Bright lights. Full up with game developers. <laughs> you know, they're, they're they're going to the Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, and so the rest are going to be hotel rooms. The Midnighters ask Manfred to find out more about the company. Yeah, Manfred, their internet expert, expert who's just going to Google what's on the brochure. Right. Yeah. Exactly. His special powers, he owns a smartphone. (laughs) Uh, But he has this weird physical reaction after the meeting where he feels like a chill and fearful. Like, that's got to be magic going on, right? Oh, maybe. I didn't even think about that. This is an evil... uh, It's an evil hotel. An evil hotel? Yeah. An evil multinational conglomerate? You think it was already evil or is it evil now that private equity has moved in? Uh, I think she opened up. When they opened the front doors, the evil came. He came alive again. Oh, It's been waiting this whole time. There's a lock of hair wrapped around the doorknob. Yeah, yeah. The hotel's going to eat people. Right. Yeah. 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 Or it's going to be a hell mouth. They'll be down. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Chapter one. We jump five months later. Manfred is at a swanky hotel in Dallas, Vespers. Yes, we just skipped the five months of, I guess, construction and whatever curses were released from the hotel. Mm -hmm. You know, the weird goings-on of midnight. I I mean, I I would have liked to know what happened in those five months. They probably lost a lot of those workers. (laughs) (laughs) Like lost? That's never found them? Yeah, Yeah. these guys just walk off the work site, disappear. I can't get the basement crew to to stay here. (laughs) Where are the workers staying while they're doing this? In the hotel. (laughs) <laughs> but they're building the hotel. They're, they're renovating they're, the hotel. Sli- they build and then sleep and then build and then sleep. And little- Every time they build a room, they get to sleep in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. that's, oh, that's, that's how construction sense. works, of course. <laughs> yeah. My mistake. Yeah. Uh, and funnily enough, Manfred sees Olivia there, but she makes it clear she does not want him to acknowledge her. Yeah. Well, and, they, uh, yeah, because he's in, he's in Dallas at this point, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it kind of seems like maybe she's there to kill someone or something or be a prostitute or something yeah, I, I, I've always thought she was an assassin kill but. someone softly or kill someone loudly yeah either way you know yeah I mean yeah I, I don't know everybody seems to think she's an assassin it seems odd it seems like an odd pattern for an assassin but whatever yeah uh, yeah. So Manfred had got a suite because he's going to do one-on-one readings. Okay, we need to stop and think about this. All right, so he got a suite in a yep. really fancy hotel in Dallas, which yep. is 
expensive. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's for a week weekend nights too. Yeah. Yeah. So how much would you say conservatively a suite in a really fancy hotel in Dallas would cost for a weekend? Five hundred dollars a night. Yeah, I'd say. 500. You think five hundred a night? Yeah, I, I, I would three, say three four five hundred. Yeah, yeah, three fifty five hundred. Oh, I think you guys are way under. Really? Underdoing yeah. it? Yeah. But even okay, let's say five or so. Well, this, this is not downtown Dallas, right? This is a, that's a nice true. suburb. That's true. That's true. Maybe it'd be less, but let's say it goes five hundred. I think that's reasonable, right? So fifteen hundred dollars for the hotel, and he does ten readings, but it's financially worth it. So he's got to be charging several hundred dollars per reading. Yeah, if he does 10 readings, well, 10 readings at $50 each. Well, sorry, 10 readings at $100 each would, would cover it, right? But he's got to turn a profit. And well, he's staying three cover. nights, so 15, oh, so he'd have to do $150 oh, okay. each per yeah. reading to bilk these people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, he, I mean, let's say, let's say he does five a day. He does 10 total for the entire time he's there. Oh, then he yeah. did not break even, right? I well, wouldn't expect. Well, it well, depends got, how much he's charging. He's got to be charging 200 to $500 I think he's charging... Yeah, you think he's charging like five hundred dollars a session. He's it probably got to be his numbers, right, in order to make this worth it. Dang. Yeah, damn. Yeah, nice I'm work if you can get it. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, at dinner he sees Olivia dressed up with a couple of clients? Question mark. And mm. they give her their room key. <laughs> Fancy people, and he just he cl- like visually clocks them. Oh, those are swingers right there. Them's a couple of swingers. <laughs> How? How? I mean, uh, from context, I think we could probably determine that that's what they thought they were there for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but the next morning, there's two dead bodies. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Those people are dead. Yeah. So. And I liked how Manfred did not did not not think that Olivia killed them for even an instant. Yeah. No. Right. It's yeah. like really obvious. It's like he, that's he's exactly like, oh happened. wow, Olivia must have killed those people. Yeah. And and in true midnight fashion, he's like, I am not going to. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see nothing. I don't know nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because they had breakfast together and basically established their story, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was indeed the people she was with last night. Apparently, they did a murder suicide. Right. Right. Ish. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. But even when he's questioned by the detective, you're right. He uh, he stands stands in line. Yep. Yeah. Midnighters don't snitch. I don't know anything about the assassination officer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a total coincidence, and, my friend. And certainly there. not this assassin that lives next door to me. <laughs> uh, but that afternoon, he has a session? Is that what we call them? Yeah, I, I guess so. Sure. Yeah. A session with a woman named Rachel Goldthorpe, who is a recent widow with a crazy son named Lewis. She wants to talk with her dead husband about Lewis uh, and she's not looking real great she's getting over pneumonia there's an awful lot of talk about her water bottle they describe how she has this water bottle and this yeah. is what the water bottle looks like and it has these special stickers so you definitely know it's her water it, bottle and, yeah yeah and she takes a big swig for the water bottle and then yep <laughs> and then is I don't know psychically murdered by her husband but... or something like he yeah. steals her soul it's it's, <laughs> it's a little odd because Manfred a real psychic apparently contacts the husband, Morton Goldthorpe. Uh-huh. What, a great, what a great name. <laughs> I know, right? Morton Goldthorpe. And, and Morton Goldthorpe uh, takes her soul away and she dies, right? Yeah. yeah. It says Manfred. he flows through Manfred into her, snatches her soul, and I guess just brings it back out. So, yeah. how yeah. about that? That sure sounds like Manfred was a part of that whole thing, of yeah. her dying. I mean, like, is this a psychic murder? Or is this just a... Like, you know, helping her along the way she was going anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you classify a deceased husband reaching through a medium to say, take his wife's soul out, uh, but it sounds a lot like 
murder. Yeah. I guess he, yeah. I guess he, well, it's implied that the, the husband didn't kill her. He just knew she was going to be there and, and met her at the station. You know? Sure. I think that's what it was. Mm. I mean, that's, supposed to be. that's the way Manfred chooses to interpret it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause she was very, very sick. So she was going to go anyway. And he was just there to, like you said, meet her at the station. Chapter two. It's three days later. Manfred's back in midnight talking to Fiji and Bobo. Quick man scan. Tall, fit, blonde, and with a gorgeous white-toothed smile, Bobo was much more like someone's idea of an ideal lover. Wait, what? Manfred. All right, man. Okay, okay. His job is to read people, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He spends a lot of time thinking about how hot Bobo is. Mm -hmm. I mean... Bobo's, Bobo's the whole you, package, right? Really Sometimes is. when you're around somebody who's just got it, right? Yeah. You just can't, can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. You're like, nobody's that straight, right? Like, <laughs> that's right. like, I would, sure. But like, look, at, look, look right? <laughs> but he, but uh, Manfred kind of fills us in on everything that happened. After Rachel died, Lewis, her son, showed up at the hotel, blamed Manfred, said Rachel had jewelry in her purse, and Manfred stolen and was just a big, ugly scene all around. Yeah, yeah. When, when all of this was happening, first of all, every time I hear Fiji and Bobo's names together, it makes me laugh. I can't help it. <laughs> those are just the, the names. I don't know. I have trouble saying those names with a straight face. Uh, but like this, this whole thing with this, this, the jewels. Like in this moment, I was like, this is gonna be a problem. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have our mystery. I think we have our mystery. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Chapter three, a point of view switch to Fiji. She's also pondering if Olivia is a prostitute, but thinks it is unlikely. Yeah, everyone seems really fixated on this prostitute thing, but I am like definitely voting contract killer, right? Like I, I like mm-hmm. even in the first book, I was like, she has too many murder-related skills to not be in that business, I right? I feel like her lifestyle would be a little bit nicer, you know, if she was in the international contract. How much do you killer, think? Of, how do you think? How do you think? Of, how much do you think a murder costs? Uh, I mean, I, what I know about contract killing, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. comes from the, mo- the game Hitman, uh-huh. uh, and it costs a lot. It costs like a million dollars, but I mean, that's what it takes to make it look like an accident. I, I have a feeling that, uh, in the real wor- world, we're talking like tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands. I think, but I mean, you, you get what you pay for when you go to Home Depot for your assassin. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but I, I mean, like... What, like 15k? You don't you don't think that'll get you a murder? I'm mean, somebody'll hit somebody with a pipe for that, but they won't they won't like make it look like a murder suicide in a fancy hotel, but there's no evidence of entry. Hmm. Mm. Fair point. Yeah. On the other hand, though, if you were an assassin, I think that'd be a pretty good place to hide in between jobs, midnight. I guess so. Yeah. 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 And they'll see you coming. It's really flat. Not a lot of visitors. <laughs> Alex, what do you think a murder costs? Oh God! I mean, in Dallas. In oh, in Dallas. Yeah, yeah Dallas. Rates. Oh, let's add Dallas rates. Oh, God, probably what twenty thousand? Yeah. Okay. So you're you're in the tens of thousands. Also. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't put it at like a million, but uh, maybe well, for maybe for somebody for famous, like really, or high like up. a high high up there politician, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For like a celebrity or somebody who's protected, I think you know maybe more, but yeah, but for just some like randos at a yeah. at a Dallas hotel. Yeah, I'd do it for 20. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I'd do it for 20. Mike is available. We've got a $20. new tier on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I'd do it for a crisp $5 bill. <laughs> uh, um, moving on. Yeah. Mr. Snuggly has been investigating the Rev's new visitor who is like him. 
a tall, beautiful, bald man with a child. Yes. Who is quote unquote like the Rev. And I was wondering, is this somebody we know? It might be. This is Quinn. This is so Quinn. Is it, that's, I was, that was my, exactly my thought. It's like, is this Quinn? Does that wait? Is the Rev a wear tiger? I don't know. I had assumed that he was a wear tiger from the start, actually. Oh, really? I, yeah, I, I just, mean, I don't know. He screams wear tiger, right? He's, he's weird. He's like a weird animal themed guy uh, that is very solitary and stares people down and has a stone face. I don't know. There's something very tigerish about him. Mm. In my opinion. I mean, like, that, that, that is, that is a, Pretty good guess. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. And do we know that Quinn has a kid? Though I, I thought he wasn't allowed to see his kid or something. There was, was something. There's some deal where he was not supposed to see it because uh, he would eat it. He would eat it. <laughs> but he wouldn't give it to another were tiger, would he? Because that would be more likely to eat it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean the rev is old. What maybe? kind of were animal would you give your kid to? A were um, duck. Gorilla. Oh, we're gorilla. That's Woman, that's nice. female gorilla. That we're she gorilla. Yeah, yeah. a herilla. That's what I'm called. <laughs> I don't think that is correct. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. Yes, but Fiji is of course doing her creeper thing and watches the man saying goodbye to the child and wonders why the child was left with the rev. Yeah. Um, also, there's something inferred here that Mister Snuggly might be way older than than uh, you'd think. Like Fiji inherited Mister Snuggly from her. Aunt, I guess, yeah. who passed away. Oh, so I'm kind of getting like Eldritch horror vibes from Mr. Stugley. I'm wondering. I am <laughs> wondering. I'm wondering. I'm pretty sure that that swam between the void between stars and came near to Earth when it was still forming and has watched the watched humanity grow. And, and just watched, likes to take naps. Yeah, and is and enjoys tuna fish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're that ancient, you really learn to appreciate naps. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You live in the moment. I've always thought that if I could be an animal, I'd be a house cat. Yeah. Yeah. An immortal talking house cat? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, chapter four, we have a point of view switch to Joe and Chewy. They're also curious and concerned about this child. Yeah, they're, they're ready to step in and help raise the kid. They are, because Midnighters take care of their own. One way or the other. One way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's probably a good thing, too, because like from what we've seen about the Rev, I cannot imagine he is good at raising kids. I know. I assume he just, like, all nights he sits fully clothed staring at the wall or something, right? Yeah. Or that is the up. vibe that I get, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By a single mold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe goes for a jog. The hotel is open. Eva Colhane is having a press conference, and it turns out that this hotel is going to include sort of assisted living light for elderly residents. I cannot tell if this is weird or not. So the press showing up for the opening of this place in midnight, does, is, okay, is that is that really weird, or is that like... Plot device weird? I can't you figure know, this out. When Joe was jogging by, he looked at that, that TV van and he said, there's no logo on that. I did catch that, yeah. What? Yeah. No station markings on these cameras or on the, the crew? Yeah. Huh. So that, that probably means they work for the corporation, because apparently this, this hotel is being opened by a, an arm of a, a giant international uh, residence corporation. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's all kinds of hotels and, and supply chain for hotel type stuff. Yeah. So it which, might just be part of their like PR team that yeah, they that, that's what I was thinking. They're shooting internal video. Oh, okay. But there is actually a newspaper there also. I think it was the the Davy Star or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I think that newspaper mostly covers the digital games beat. Right? Because <laughs> of Magic Portal. I imagine so, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, industry rag, you know, like Wired. Uh, the Well, 
so this this kind of makes sense if this is an, a pilot program that they're running for some sort of, uh, as we learn, somewhat sketchy, like unlicensed, uh, halfway home for for retirement. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a a, a a conveyor belt to the grave that they also run. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, like this is just like they're moving the er, the step. It's trying to just grease up that slide <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah. They probably also have a crematorium and a you know like a grave. Mm-hmm. You know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. But just throw them in the pet cemetery next door. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's vertical integration right there. <laughs> it has to be vertical because the, it's pet cemetery. The lots are really small. Right. Yeah. You can't, you can't bury them <laughs> in a normal way. You can't lay them out. <laughs> you just Feet drill, first. Drill a hole straight down. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, also, I guess according to Olivia, Lemuel is out of town trying to get those old books tr- uh, translated. Yes, chapter five. Olivia's point of view. Yep, he's trying to get the books that Boo had translated. Yeah. And she thinks about her briefly about her own childhood living on a compound in San Francisco. That's interesting. So yeah, she compound. came from a cult. I yeah, guess. Yeah. She does think about her parents, right? Yeah. So, but not in a yeah. favorable way. Yeah, not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting how much time we spend from Olivia, uh, Olivia's point of view without learning anything about her yes up to and including did she kill those people well we were about to find out though yeah yeah uh, what i thought was interesting is that most of this chapter is just a tour of the hotel and nothing unusual right like really just this is what yeah these are the rooms i, I thought yeah the, the, the olivia was like so this is a retirement community and, and the, the receptionist is like no 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 not not, <laughs> not a licensed retirement community yeah. not not a regulated business no 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 <laughs> just a place for old people to Retire to. Yeah. <laughs> Wink. Yeah. Yes. The the manager of the hotel, a woman named Lenore, she and her husband, Harvey, are running it. But Olivia does get an email that verifies she is indeed a contract killer. Yeah. And she took care of those people, but, but she had nothing to do with uh, Manfred's client. Who died. Yeah, Rachel Goldthorpe. But she does get information that that death was not natural. Hmm. Yes, the uh, the extra death is supernatural, which matters because enroll the news crew, I guess. Yeah, unnatural, not necessarily supernatural. Yeah. Oh, right, unnatural. Wait, really? Did they not say supernatural? I thought it said no. unnatural. Because... Unnatural. Oh. Yeah, not not, not necessarily. Oh. I mean, it was super. We know it was supernatural. Well, yeah, the, the tox the toxicology report is going to be like this. This person's soul was snatched out by another <laughs> hole. Via a medium dead <laughs> yeah. husband. I don't know. It was confusing. <laughs> yeah. Chapter 6, returning to Manfred's point of view, the press show up to ask him about Rachel's death. Yeah, apparently the the local journalists have fuck all to do because they're showing up to midnight to investigate mm-hmm. the case of the missing jewelry, the addict who lives at a pool house said he stole. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like okay, guys. In Dallas, which was probably hundreds of miles away. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, like, I was like... it. Is this the mystery this book is going to be about? Because that feels like a, a little bit of a step down from the local who's murdered by Nazis. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but he very intelligently goes and calls his lawyer, which I think is the first time in Charlene Harris's books anybody has taken that step first. Right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Arthur Smith shows up to question Manfred. And even though Manfred literally just called his lawyer... Manfred lets it bring, lets the police officer come in and question him. Well, you without know, a lawyer. Speaking of firsts in Charlene Harris's books, yeah, 
Manfred just tells him the truth. <laughs> like, you know, I'm used to Sookie who just like lies to police just to see if she can, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and Manfred's like, okay, you're step by step. Like, the, he'll only, the only thing he leaves out is the whole contract killer thing, which is probably not pertinent very, to this. Very, very wise. Yeah. She's literally his next door neighbor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, contract killers don't like to leave loose ends, so it's, it's really important that Manfred make it super clear that he is not a loose end. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, I really remember liking Arthur a lot in the the first book, and mm-hmm. I, I'm still a fan, you know. Yeah. Uh, he he does question Manfred about the whole death and jewels situation, and he keeps a relatively open mind about the whole psychic thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like in this in this world, uh, vampires are real, so you know who knows, right? Yeah, I was actually surprised that he was so skeptical because there are vampires. Yeah. Yeah. There's literal magic. Yeah. In this world. Yep. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, and they know that the shifters are out as well. Mm, and yeah, I don't know yeah, if yeah. witches are or not. Right. But yeah. Anyway, I, I don't. I don't trust Arthur Smith. I, I don't think he's trying to screw Manfred. But I think this is his like good old boy. Mm. Uh, you can trust me. I'll, I'll do my best for you, sir. I think that's all. That's all an act. Yeah. yeah we, I believe it. Yeah. We shall see. Yes. Um, but apparently the water bottle is a point of inquiry. Arthur no. specifically <laughs> asked about the water bottle, and Manfred was like, like yeah, what? that chapter talked a whole lot about the water bottle. <laughs> yeah. I remember it very vividly. He <laughs> 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 goes back, flips back to the chapter, and is like, yes, it was on a table, yeah. and it had some things. Right- yeah. And she took a big swig from it right before she died. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The lawyer's office calls back, and unfortunately the lawyer has been hired by Lewis, so he has to find another lawyer, one recommended to him by the police officer. Is this a racket, right? Like, I, would, I mean, uh, the, the police officer who's questioning him recommends a lawyer who charges an exorbitant fee. Is like, oh, someone's getting a kickback here, right? So, I mean, what I what I know of small town law mostly comes from the song "The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia." Uh-huh. Mm, uh-huh. I had John Grisham myself. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you should either both of them will tell you that you shouldn't trust your soul with no backwoods southern lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but yeah, it, he's going to use this other lawyer, Magdalena Orta Powell, which is a great name. It is a great name. Is, is she another character from other books? I'm she curious. is not. No. Okay. Every, every time I hear one of these like <laughs> capital, you know, main character names, I'm uh-huh. like, oh yeah, like it's got like blue highlight text you want to click on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Manfred realizes because you may remember in the last book he talked about how he was feeling this bizarre compulsion to earn as much money as possible. Oh, now he yeah. realizes why. Yeah, because she's very expensive. Yep. Yeah, that well, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good luck, Manfred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where we end. That's it for this week's episode. Next time we're going to be reading chapters 7 through 13 of Day Shift, the second book in the Midnight Texas series. I am Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. You can find me at jefflake.info. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. Please share this with anybody you think will like this. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Good night, Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs>